welcome to another amazing interview. I'm here as always with my incredible co-host, Dr. Caleb Mezzi, but we have an amazing guest today, uh, Nick Heath, who played with the Kansas City Royals and the Arizona Diamondbacks in the major leagues, uh, was a 16th rounder out of Northwestern State, and now I believe plays for the Charleston Dirty Birds of the Atlantic League. I don't know if that's correct, but... Yeah, I played uh, for them last year. Nice, nice. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, actually, uh, in the cages right now. Nice. <laughs> uh, I ran kind of long this morning doing a workout, so I thought I'd have a little more time in between, but I guess I'm here. So, man, I'm just back to swinging it, get in the groove again. Love it. Love it. Uh, just for the viewers who don't know you, just give a little bit of background on kind of how you started your journey in baseball, um, made your way to the professionals, um, and started to make that major league debut as well. Uh, okay, well, I started playing baseball in Georgia when I was a kid. Uh, moved to Kansas. <clears throat> I continued to play baseball there, although uh, I like to say I probably wasn't very good at it. Uh, somehow, someway, my myself to college, I uh, had a really, really good connection uh, with the coach that I used to hit with. His son was uh, head coach at a junior college, and then made his way to Northwestern State in Louisiana and called me and said we had a spot in the outfield if you want to come play. So uh, that's how I got my opportunity to go play in college uh, down there. I kind of told my folks, I was like, all right, y'all, here we go. Uh, this is what I want to go do. And then over the course of those couple of years, man, just kept working at it, uh, getting after it, just like a whole bunch of other guys, man. And somebody gave me a call one day and told me I could come play pro ball. So uh, that's how I ended up where I am right now. That's awesome. Uh, one of the first questions that comes to my mind is you went to a smaller school, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so when we think about the bigger schools, I think Caleb's touched this, on this on previous podcasts, but the bigger schools are solely focused on baseball, right? They, they're the athletes in the sports. Um, but kind of talk about your experience with Northwestern State, how it helped you develop as a baseball player, but also you outside the game. Uh, well, there wasn't a lot to do in Natchitoches, so uh, a lot of it was just, man, I'm either at the field or I'm at the house doing my homework. Like, I, I didn't really have a ton to do, you know what I'm saying? So um, just over the years, man, meeting a bunch of different guys, uh, going across, you know, a couple of different coaches over my time there, picking brands of people, man, just working, feeling things out. And then over time, you know, you kind of just pick up some of the stuff, some of the guys around you. Uh, you know, kind of brought to the field, whether it be some work ethic, whether it be, you know, a drill that, you know, you end up liking and it's working out for you. But, man, most of it was just, most of it was just over the course of time, like, receiving, you know, love from a bunch of different guys that I play with and, you know, you know, just positive, you know, positive words like, hey, man, you're doing great. You're going to be great one day, blah, blah, blah. You know, you kind of keep having that rhetoric with guys back and forth. And now you're starting to see a lot of guys uh, get drafted at uh, over the recent years. So, man, I think it's kind of just a culture thing. And when I got there, I kind of gave up the, the me for the we, you know, uh, mm -hmm. how that whole thing goes. Sounds kind of cliche, but um, just getting down there and knowing that I was working on the same thing mm -hmm. that a bunch of other guys were, and that kind of made it easy for me to go out there and be a ball player. That's awesome. I'll, I'll turn it over to Kel. I'm sure he's got some questions based on that. Yeah, Nick, I mean, I, Hearing your story sounds kind of easy in a way, but I know it wasn't that easy. And I, have two, I, I have two questions for you. I mean, I, th I think one of them is, what did you do after, you know, and, and like on the side for fun? And what were you interested in? Um, because there's probably a thought in your head, like I could go, pro, you know, pro or someone, as you mentioned, called you to go. pro, But like, what if it doesn't happen? What were you going to do kind of thing? And the other aspect of that is what did you do for fun just to kind of get your mind off the game? Sometimes you're going over four or you're not going to, uh, to kind of, to kind of be the person you want to be in, in pro ball. 
Uh, well, <clears throat> what I was studying in college was psychology. And to be honest with you, I don't necessarily think at that time period I ever had a thought that I wouldn't play pro ball. And I don't want to sound like cocky in a sense, but that was kind of just like my plan A and my only plan. And if it didn't work out, then I was going to figure out what was going to happen after. Um, but, you know, I was good with I was good with psychology. I liked how the human brain works and figuring, you know, stuff out like that. Um, it kind of just appealed to my interest. So uh, I guess over the time, like psychology got easier to study. So it was easier to like do my homework and pass my tests. You know what I'm saying? Like be a college student, but even outside of baseball, I was a college student, you know what I'm saying? So I just got to go hang out with, you know, other ball players. Uh, we hang out in the cafeteria as much as we hang out in the cafeteria. You come to meet a lot of people on campus anyway. So stuff happens, you venture out, you end up meeting new people or you go support other sports, basketball, football, you know what I mean? So. I guess it's kind of just like the school spirit aspect of it. You know what I mean? I was just out uh, on campus, enjoying myself, enjoying, you know, hanging out with my teammates, going to, you know, watching sororities, you know, have their um, crossovers, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Or yeah. watch fraternities do the same thing. I think it's just, it was college. So, you know, it was, wasn't too many things you couldn't get into. I guess it was just, you know, what kept you focused on what you were supposed to be doing by day, but like helped you relax a little bit at night. Just living life. So, yeah. Let me ask what when that became Plan A to just make it and go on that path. How did you? What would you call yourself? Were you were you already a pro ball player in your head? Um, were you just like you said a college student, kind of going through the, the paces that you had to go to until you got there? Um, I think I kind of had a moment of oh snap, I really could play pro ball when I you know how you get the guys get those little letters in the mail and it's a pro team they want you to fill out. Mm-hmm. Well, I got one and one of my coaches was like, look, man, like, if you want to be a pro ball player, you could do it. He was like, letters coming in means you, you know, somebody has an interest in you. He was like, but don't take this letter as you've done everything that you needed to do to get there so far. He was like, put the letter in your locker. He was like, leave it in your locker till, you know, whatever day. He was like, but in between this, how much better you can get between now and when you decide you need to go to fill that letter out. And me and him kind of had conversations over the time. He had gotten drafted, I want to say, three times maybe uh, out of high school, twice out of JUCO, and then once out of college when he three, four, three or four times. And he was just telling me about some of the things that he went through as a ball player. And he didn't get to play pro ball. He, you know, kind of made some decisions off elsewhere that he can end up not working out in his favor. But the perspective that he gave me, and he was like, the timeline that you have to do this isn't as long as you think it is. He was like, so you really, really got to work for what you, you know, for what you say you want, for what you show up here and say you want. He kind of just stayed on me every day, kind of talked to me off to the side every day. And I was like, oh, snap, I really got to put in some work to get here. And then I think at that point, moving forward, I was like, okay, it's possible I get there, but like, how good can I be when I'm there? Yeah, you touched on a, a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me. Um, one, you talked about being passionate about psychology in college um, and having that. And you also talked about different perspectives and kind of how they influence you. Um, we talked to a lot of players. The, the increasing role of mental performance in playing um, has kind of been uh, just elevated. And so how would you say, like, your passion for psychology really helped you kind of learn the mental side of the game and kind of figure out, like, okay, I need to have my mindset right in order to perform on and off the field? Um, I think if you ask a lot of guys uh, who play with me, you would say, or they would say that they didn't see me get very upset often. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I was like, 
<laughs> I throw a glove or maybe a hat or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And then the older I got, I heard one of my teammates. His name was Court Brinson. <laughs> he came back and instead of he was driving cold streak at this one in time. But I remember him coming back. That's unfortunate. And I was like, I'm start using that. And then eventually, like I started realizing that like when I when something would happen, like do somebody raise my hand or something like that. That's unfortunate. And I go back. But instead of just coming back and being like, man, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like all you know, just mad that it's not working on my way. I'd be like, that's unfortunate. And eventually I started finding myself being less and less upset throughout the game of baseball and realizing that it's still a game, man. I'm still not going out there to have fun. And I know that's cliche as well, but like if I can stay calm, calm, cool, and collected, and I can have a smile on my face, I promise you I'd do better than me going out there, you know, being rigid and being like, okay, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do this. So I think over the course of time, it was just easier for me to rise the edge of baseball. Yeah, and I think that's incredible. It kind of shows you how you've kind of grown throughout your professional career as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing I kind of want to just transition into is like you, had, you got to make your major league debut, and I'm always interested about these stories and how guys have kind of – had that opportunity, but you did it during the COVID-19 year, which is like, mm-hmm. um, probably makes it completely different for most guys, but kind of <laughs> go into like, what was it like to make your debut during that 2020 season where there was no fans, there was no like, uh, family, the glamour, going there, yeah, yeah. family going to the game. Uh, okay. I guess the concept, I guess the concept of debuting, right. Made me very nervous because I was yeah. like, oh snap, like this is it. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I've been working towards, like, the, the magnitude of it, right, made me nervous. But then once I got out there and kind of having, like, blacked out for a moment and being like, oh, snap, like, where am I? And then being like, oh, wow, like, I'm on the field. You know what I mean? Like, I'm between the lines. After, like, after that with no fans in the stadiums, it almost felt like a backfield game. But we were just playing on, like, big league court. We actually had big league fans, right? So just not playing in front of a bunch of people, I was like, man, not even a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, it's just our teams and TV. So like, I guess that's kind of a little nerve wracking. But you're like, man, it's cool. But like, I, I thought, you know what I mean? Never gonna be so many people in the stands. But I'm glad I'm here. And then when I went and played with the Diamondbacks, and my first game was. Uh, against the Nationals, and there people in the stands, I was way more nervous. I was yeah. way more nervous that there were people like actually there looking, but I think, you know, either way you put it, like, thank you for the opportunity. I guess just not having anybody there, I was just, I was nervous walking out, and then once I got out there, I was like, oh, kind of chill. Like, the game is mean, the game is mean everything now, but like, this it's pretty chill. And then I got in front of people, and I was like, oh, this is what playing in front of a crowd is like. It's got to be like so, that uh, Arizona League when you first go out and play that first professional game in the, ca- uh, oh, the complex the, league. Oh, backfield post. you like, yo, there's three people here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's two moms and a, and, and an uncle or something like that, bro. You yeah. I, I was going to say, and, and don't take this the wrong way, you have like that kid spirit in you, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing because baseball is a kid's sport, but it seems like you carry that with you, you know, Ever since you were, you know, throwing gloves and getting pissed off, you still have that kid spirit. Just you, you mature, right? And my question is more about how do you deal with the business side of things? Because you've switched teams, you've go, you've gone through that stuff. And it's one thing to say this is how I deal with, you know, if I have a bad game or I'm, you know, making my debut or I'm facing this pitcher or whatever. 
right? How do you deal with the business side of things? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I guess I'm, I, mean, I can be pretty transparent. Yeah, I can be pretty transparent here. Um, all right, when I got DFA with the Royals, ah, oh, bro, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Not even the fact that, like, I got DFA, right? Yeah. If they would have just been like, hey, if the business side of things said you didn't have to leave Kansas City, I wouldn't have left Kansas City. You know what I mean? It's not that I didn't enjoy playing with the Diamondbacks. I love playing with the Diamondbacks. I love my team. You know what I mean? I love the guys I got to play with. I know the experience a lot better than it could have been. Um, but when I had to leave Kansas City after being with all of those guys for, what, five years at this point, six years at this point, I'm just like, man. I'm like, I'm not going to see the homies no more. And then, like, you have to, like, <laughs> I mean, having to stay in contact with, you know what I mean? Like, trying to stay in contact with them, but I'm on the road. So, like, sometimes your schedules don't match up. Now I'm on the West Coast. They're playing, you know, in the Midwest. Sometimes they go to the East Coast. But I'm just like, damn. When am I going to see those guys again? And, like, I stayed in contact with some of them. But, like, you know, the everyday stuff. Like, some of them I know were having children. Some I know are getting married. Like, you don't get to be around for stuff like that. So, the business side of it kind of sucks because of how – close and personal you end up getting with some of the people that you're around, right? Like some of my hitting countries that I had in the city, some of the pitching countries that I just got to know over the couple of years, right? I would go to them and talk to them every day. Like maybe we talk about something on the backfield or we talk about something during the season, a phone call or a text during the season. But then like now you're playing a different schedule and you got a whole different group of people. You've got to learn names and learn faces and what their roles are. New teammates coming in. I gotta remember this guy's face. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Da 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 da. So like, it all kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So the business side of the sex because it's hard to be personal with the guys that you go out there and play with every day, and not knowing when you're gonna have to switch the group of people that you do that. So it uh, it's like leaving Kansas City just because I loved him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could. I'm sure a lot of guys feel that way. You know about the organization at Jackson. You kind of just had that like connection you know what i'm saying like that has like a tie totally so yeah i would say like when you get drafted to by that team a lot of you are all just becoming adults together in the minor leagues yeah, for sure. you're grinding out every single day um going from backfields like you said in the complex league but then going on these bus trips on the road and you're you're grinding out 100 plus games with these guys every single year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the tough part about it but i don't know i guess you kind of just i guess the more you see the business side like as you go through the levels and then you see some guys get traded it's tough like we just had dinner last night and now they get today you know what i'm saying and then i guess it just i don't know the business side of it makes it all real but the personal side of it you know what i'm saying it just keeps you connected to it yeah i think it goes back to the psychology piece too you really Mm -hmm. like the human relationships what you're able to build and kind of carry with you it's part of the probably the thing that you find joy in the game. Uh, I'm curious, too, like when you go to a new clubhouse, you go to a new team, or maybe, I don't know how else to say this, they clear a team out. Like there's, you know, a lot of trades that happen. New guys come in because sometimes you're there, but new guys are coming in. What are you doing to kind of, you know, introduce yourself and kind of get acclimated to that whole process and culture? I, I guess when I was younger, I was a little more open to, like, going to speak to people when they came into the clubhouse, right? I was a little more open to being like, hey, yo, what's going on? We're going out to grab, you know, dinner later, you want to come after the game? Like, kind of just, they don't know nobody, so might as well invite them with us, right? So 
I feel like when I was younger, I did that. But now the older I am, maybe it takes a couple of days for me to actually, like, you know what I'm saying? Dig a little bit. Yeah, COVID um, probably but, did a lot to that. Yeah, but like you had to stay away from people, and he was talking to people from so far away. Like, you know what I mean, so uh, I guess it's that experience now. You know, when new guys come in, you know, you always introduce yourself day one, and then as time goes, I guess I feel like now I kind of feel out who the person before I go and just be like, "Oh, what's going on? I'm Nick." Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I think, <laughs> I think to be honest with you, part of what got me in trouble not even in trouble a little bit in the big leagues, but I guess it was just like, I feel like a lot of places I went, guys were very uh, like locked in on the game and I was still like, Play back. what's going on y'all? We got a game to go play, let's get into it. You know what I mean? So I think, I think it's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Like I can get along with you without anybody. But then I also like, when I go play the game of baseball, I still gotta be able to go have fun. And sometimes I feel like, I don't care about the situation as long as I'm having a good time and like I'm out there. Because like, if I get out of that, then I start like, then I start getting too locked up and too rigid, and I feel like I can't really yeah. go out there and be myself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So yeah. what what is what is Nick doing uh, outside of baseball now? Because we already talked about your college, Nick, where you're going to the, par- the parties and all that kind of stuff. But uh, what it <laughs> what is what is Nick doing outside of baseball now? Uh, right now, man, looking to, uh, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm really just looking to get back to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. At this current moment in time, I'm looking to get back to the big leagues. I mean, I'm not here, but I'm not swinging. I'm not going. I'm not like figuring out, you know, how to get my sprints in or something like that. Uh, man, I got my head in a book somewhere. I'm trying to learn something learn about crypto. I'm trying to learn about, you know, finances. I'm trying to, yeah. I've uh, whatever. I'm trying to learn about a whole bunch of different things, man. I want to be, you know around it a lot of things so when i'm done with baseball i'm not just looking like dang now i can just be like all right cool i know about this i can venture into this or i can work on this and i can work on this i can figure this out i don't know man i like i like knowing a lot i feel like i want to be very knowledgeable about different things so i've been looking at different religions man i don't know yeah i love that mindset too because like you're 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 just you're fo- you can see how focused you're on baseball, right? But you still are taking that time outside of the game, be like, hey, how can I learn? How can I grow and become just a better me? And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I got to man. I mean, I know uh, when I got released from the Diamondbacks, uh, and before I went to go play in Charleston, I had like a month of just being like, oh my god, bro, what do I do? What do I do, man? What can I do? What could I like? What would somebody let me do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I was kind of like, nah, I can't sit around and think like that. I can't sit around and think like that. So I was just like, you know, what? I'm gonna learn something different. I learned something different. I taught myself uh, Python, which is a coding language. Yeah, that's I awesome. Sat there, I sat there and worked on that for like seven months. It was so hard. It was so hard, but like I have a grasp on how to do that now. So. Uh, I'm still like, I mess with it every couple of days and see if I can teach myself something different or if I can remember something that I taught myself, you know, for the first couple of days. So maybe that'll be useful somewhere. Maybe it won't be, but like, at least I know it. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm digging into a whole bunch of different things. So when baseball's over with, I don't have just the. So walk us through that process. So you, you have this idea, right? And, you know, the thing that nobody ever wants to admit is that there is a lot of downtime, whether it's the off season or during the season, especially if you're in the minors. There's a lot of downtime. Nobody ever wants to admit it. I know, but everybody everybody kinda like 
shuts it off because they think it means that you're being lazy and you're not working hard enough because like you said everybody's so locked in and focused mm -hmm. but how does that process for you work i want to learn something i want to learn this and then what do you do do you go on amazon and buy a book no plug we're not getting any kickbacks here um, or do you go on youtube and just watch a few things do you reach out to somebody like what's that process for you all right so when i was learning the when i was learning python on my computer I just, uh, YouTube you. I just went straight yeah. to YouTube and I was like, teach me Python. And I found the longest video, oh, just like seven and a half hours, right? So the guy would, the guy would walk me through, you know, the guy would walk me through, I'm, I'm going to say a problem, essentially, but he would walk me through, right, an exercise on how yeah. to make this look like this and then how to compress it. And it was like 40 minutes, bro. And I was like, bro, what is happening? So eventually <laughs> I just started watching. The, I'm so serious. I was like, oh my God. Bro, he, You're he back speaking, in college. He is speaking Chinese at this point. And I'm like, this is not for real. So I'm like, okay. So I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, all right, let me try it. So I try it. Dang, bro. And all it gives you, all it gives you is a red triangle. That's it. So you have a red triangle with an exclamation point. It doesn't tell you where it's wrong. It just gives you a red triangle with an exclamation point. So for the first week, I'm just stuck on like two exercises. It sucks. And then eventually I find out there's this little drop down tab. And I can click the drop down tab and it'll tell me where I messed up. So I blew two traps. <laughs> <laughs> but then like over the course of it, you start to kind of understand like, oh, okay, I remember I can put this parentheses here and it'll cut down half of this and I can make it that much neater, I suppose. And then eventually I started being able to get like, to have a conversation with my computer after I type it out. So I could type out, hello, and my computer would send me set responses and then give me somewhere. And if I responded a certain word, my computer would send me a different set of words, right? So over time I started learning that, but that was YouTube. And then um, for this security plus thing I'm trying to figure out in cybersecurity, the certification, I had to just go to Barnes and Nobles and get it. Mm -hmm. And get a book, and I went and I'm reading this 800 page book, 800 page book right now. On how to talk? Yeah, I, I think it's great that you're doing language. language. This is taking curiosity and then figuring out how you learn, and then actually doing something, taking an action. Mm -hmm. It's it's really going to help you. Yeah, I, man, I hope so. You know, like I just I felt like baseball was so challenging, and I felt like realistically, if I ever don't play ball again in the big leagues. And for whatever reason, one day I'm just like, you know what? Like I'm tired of playing, I'm done with it. I feel like I've made it to the top of my career field. You know what I'm saying? In one aspect, I could probably do it. And I like, uh, again, I don't want to use the sound cocky, but like, albeit I didn't play as long as I want to. I'm not a Hall of Famer. Like I always dreamed of being a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want a gold glove or anything like that. The stuff that I wanted to do, but I can say I stepped foot out there. Mm -hmm. And it, although, like, realistically, it's not good enough for me, like, my pride is not good enough for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can say it. So I feel like if I could make it to a certain point in one career field, I could do it in a different squad doesn't work out for me. And I'm just being realistic, you know what I mean? Like, it's not all sunshine and roses all the time. So. No, for sure. I think I think me and Jared would, would take that as a huge success, just yeah. even stepping foot on the <laughs> Yeah, field. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of want to, like, you touched on a lot of this, but dive into the last question that we always ask our guests, because we want this to be awesome and entertaining for the fans, but we also want it to be a resource for future athletes who are kind of going through some of the same things. So if you had 
one piece of advice for any future baseball players who might be on this kind of the same journey you are, you know, kind of jumping around from team to team. Um, how, what kind of advice would you have if they just find their identity outside of the game and just stay passionate and driven? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was my coach, when I was in college, he was like, well, you just got to go for it. He's like, you want it, you got to go for it. And he was like, if you go for it and you hate it, he was like, you can stop at any point in time. Mm. If you go for it and you love it and you get at it, you know what I'm saying? Cool. And he was like, and the fact that, like, you love it, you're starting to get pretty good at it, you're starting to grasp concepts. He was like, you can make a ton of money in this one day. He was like, you can take care of yourself, before your family. Like, what more could you possibly want? And I was like, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? But, man, if you just, if you want it, go for it. And if you don't like it, nobody said, nobody going to be mad at you if you stop, right? Yeah, I mean it's 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 your life. Do what you want with it. Go go out there, and go out there and chase whatever you think you can chase. I love that, Nick. Awesome. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. We're wishing you the best of luck uh, in the season, um, and good luck in getting back at that workout you got going on right now. All right, man. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Nick.